This is Writers Not Writing, the show where you can get to know your favorite writers and soon-to-be favorite writers by listening to them confess to the ways they procrastinate. Thanks for procrastinating with us. I'm Benjamin Gorman, and the quiet guy behind the glass there is Doug the producer. I write novels and collections of poetry and stuff. Doug tries his best to make me sound better. And each week we have a secret word to listen for. If you catch it, you earn the right to take an extra break at the time of your choosing from whatever is stressing you out. From Not A Pipe Publishing, welcome to Writers Not Writing. Today's secret word is Portlandy. Today's show is brought to you by New Horizons, the first book in the Europa Trilogy by Michelle C. Lee. More on that at the ad break. And today's guest is Zaji Cox. Zaji is the author of the hybrid genre memoir, Plums for Months, out May 9th from Forest Avenue Press. She has published poetry, fiction, and creative nonfiction, and loves exploring and combining different ways of storytelling. She's also a dancer and an animal lover. Zaji, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. I am very excited to be here. <laughs> and to re-record, let's just acknowledge that. So we did a dress rehearsal <laughs> because I'm an idiot and I forgot to hit the record <laughs> button. So, I mean, we are consummate professionals now. We have practiced. Mm -hmm. um, yes. So, and it means that you've been in your costume longer than most. So folks who are uh, mm -hmm. viewers of the show know we always dress up in costume. And then for mm -hmm. the sake of the podcast listeners, we have to explain what it is that we're wearing. So tell everybody about the outfit you've had to wear for an extra hour because I forgot to hit record. Yeah, so I've been wearing my uh, romantic era style tutu, um, ballet tutu, um, and whole ballet costume. So kind of resembles the one that uh, they wore in the Giselle ballet, if anyone is familiar with that ballet. Uh, so it's like a very long flowing tutu that goes like around to the knees calf area. And I also am wearing point shoes and tights and my hair is all done up in a bun and I have all these flowers everywhere. And it's, yeah, it's the whole thing. And I am feeling particularly guilty about the fact that you've been in point shoes all this time. So when you are <laughs> rehearsing for ballet, what is the length of time, the longest you've ever been in point shoes before? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> um, let's see, when I was performing with the ballet company in New Mexico, we had some pretty long rehearsal days. Um, Sundays were actually our I think they were our longest days or at least the longest days for me. So we'd be there like all day. Like, I don't know, we'd start at like 10 a.m. and go to like, I don't know, something p.m. So like not 12 hours, but like a good chunk of the day, like a work day's amount. And we'd be able to take off our point shoes, obviously, like, you know, and like massage our feet and stuff. But we'd have to be in them for a good several hours. So, that just yeah, sounds fine. I, mean, I, I, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm dressed up for folks who are watching the show. I'm wearing a, re a replica of John Travolta's suit from Staying Alive. I wanted to go with the whole dancing themes. So I got the, you know, the chest hair showing and the, uh, the, the black shirt, white suit, the very mm -hmm. high, uh, uh, you know, belt line here, uh, '70s style. Uh, it is a little uncomfortable. It's nothing like the shoes are just shiny black <laughs> shoes. Like it's nothing like being on point for 12 hours. That just, oh. <laughs> I mean, you know, I guess once you've done that, having to do a podcast twice, mm -hmm. it's, you know, compared to, to compared to right. a 12 hour rehearsal, it's no big deal, but I apologize. That's what a nightmare. Oh, that's fine. So. After a while, it's just, you know, 
it's whatever it's okay <laughs> yeah i mean Fine. you know <laughs> your feet have got to be so strong and yet i mean i understand that yeah. over time you end up having micro fractures in the bones in your feet uh and- i mean yeah there are ways that you can you know that you build up muscle strength and like you know tissue strength and all that to like prevent against a whole lot of you know significant injury and like you know when you build muscle you have muscle tears like every day so you know there's some of that happening but like yeah I don't know there I do still have some like pain in my left big toe from this one specific ballet I did the Spartacus ballet and that was very long and very like taxing ballet that we did because we all had to play like multiple roles and um there's a lot of jumping and a lot of running and a lot of like dramatic acting um stage acting in that ballet and I got like tendonitis in my toe from all of that and today like I still feel that and that was almost like gosh that was in 2014 I think is when we did that ballet so it doesn't sound like that long ago but it was actually like nine years ago now so yeah I still I still feel bad <laughs> do you know about the the death in the filming of the uh the film Spartacus vaguely yes yeah so in I the do. big chariot scene <laughs> the really famous big chariot race scene at the end the one of the people in one of the chariots fell out and was run over and oh yes that's right i remember that. yeah and the widow yeah. said keep it this is what you know he would have wanted he wanted to be in the movies and so this stuck person actually died so i mean all things considered you came out relatively unscathed you know you've just got this <laughs> yeah, major injury of. but uh, compared to the film spartacus yeah. is apparently a dangerous thing to put on definitely yeah definitely uh, very intense and a lot of stuff a lot of intense acting and physically very demanding and uh yeah very rewarding you can get very athletic out like get a lot of you know good exercise and good cardio a lot of muscle building you know all that stuff but yeah so how long have you been doing ballet (laughs) well I was a competitive gymnast first. I started that when I was seven. And then about when I was like 15 or so is when I decided to switch over to dance. Um, I started taking ballet classes when I was 15. So technically I was very late. I was going to say that's relatively um, late, right? (laughs) It is. Yeah. Yeah. Most people start taking ballet when they're like, you know, between like two and four um and even when I was in gymnastics I started that pretty late because I was seven um but yeah I started doing ballet when I was 15 and then I started doing it more seriously like in my teens and then because of the muscles I built like in my calves and my ankles and feet I was able to start dancing in point shoes um so yeah I started doing that and then I um was able to perform with a ballet company which I was super grateful for because that's not usually how that happens. <laughs> like you have to start when you're young, like, you know, could do a whole lot of training, like through your younger years. So yeah, but that was a lot of fun. And then I, um, yeah, performed with them. And then I performed with a contemporary company. Um, so I did some of that. And uh, yeah, so honestly, I haven't really been dancing for like in the life of a dancer, not a very long time, but just in general, 
a pretty long time, I guess you could say. Well, and so much yeah. of competitive gymnastics has elements of dance. I mean, you've really been doing yes. dance-ish, you know. I mean, uh, was yeah. that in the, I know you're in Portland. Was that in the Portland area mm-hmm. uh, that you got into that as well? Yeah, well, when I was in gymnastics, we lived in Gresham. Um, okay. And so I went to a couple local gyms in that area. And then when I was in, when I switched over to dance, um, I was here in, cause then we had moved to Portland around that time. And then I started taking some classes at the Oregon Ballet Theater cause they have a lot of really nice um, absolute beginning adult classes. Oh, really? And so I was at the, yeah, I was like at the age where I was able to take their adult classes. And so, yeah, I started taking classes there and then we moved to New Mexico and then I auditioned for the New Mexico ballet. So I was like, I might as well, I'm not professional, but yeah, why not? And then I got a couple of small roles there and um, yeah, I kept going back each year and just performing with them. And yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. So were (laughs) you, when you started in the adult classes, were you the youngest in the adult class? I think I was, yeah, because there were a lot of people who were definitely like, not like old, well, there were some older adults there, and I loved seeing people who like weren't your typical like, you know, ballet age, like, you know, younger-ish people there. I love seeing like, you know, dancers who are, you know, of all, like across the whole age spectrum, I guess, Um, yeah, there were definitely people who were all older than me. Like I didn't see anyone who was my age because people who are in ballet at like my age, then they're usually at a different level. Right. I, I mean, to. you have a unique perspective so. having seen it as the, the, you know, mm-hmm. the, the, the oldest uh, of the, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the youngest of the olds. And then I'm sure when you yes. got into those companies, you were the oldest of the news, you know? In a, yeah. In a way, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I definitely have not had a traditional dance background at all. <laughs> so, it's and, and then to add that now, you know, successful, soon to be published author, like on time, you know, that, that's, that's pretty <laughs> uh, cool. Gosh, yeah, it's, it's, it's wild. <laughs> so, before I get, you know, too far into writing, writing process to show about procrastination, how, uh, you know, have you been procrastinating in terms of pop culture? What's been drawing your attention away from uh, from your writing lately? Well, something I did last night, actually, uh, for the second time, I went to go see the movie Renfield. And uh, yeah, it is a lot of fun. <laughs> I have not I seen it yet. Really I have heard it. that it is uh, just a kick. So yeah, yeah it's... it's- Oh my god it's so silly yeah <laughs> I, I did quite enjoy it um yeah I love those two actors uh, Nicholas Holt and Nicholas Cage of course they're really great in their roles and uh yeah they're really funny and it has good amount of like kind of spooky but also it's like a comedy too so it's very funny and like it has very like kind of Deadpool level humor and action at the same time which and um, i so, love deadpool yeah. like that is right up my alley <laughs> <Me too. laughs> um, i saw yeah. a preview that was for they're making a version of the story of dracula's travels from transylvania to london yes. in in bram stoker's dracula he mm-hmm. travels and it's told like 
you know, the, the narrative voice says, oh yeah. And then he showed up like, <laughs> you know, it's not, and it's he, the, yeah. this weird ship, you know, came into the Harbor and everyone on it was dead. The end, you know, and it just goes on. And now they're telling the yeah. story of that voyage and it looks yeah. creepy. It does. Oh my God. Yeah. I saw that preview when I was, um, when the first time I went to go see Renfield, oh, I saw cool. that trailer they're, too. And I was they're like, like, we know we've got the right audience. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it was definitely a very different feeling of a movie. Cause it's, you know, historical and it's like actually trying to be really scary yeah. <laughs> instead of like spooky, but hilarious. Yeah. No, it's like, it looks quite good. So I'm hoping it is really good. Cause I, think i'd like to see it, yeah. <laughs> it looks but I, I need to catch up on renfield because that does look like a ton of fun yeah definitely i recommend <laughs> so what's yeah. a news story that's been taking you away from your writing lately i don't well i do pay some attention to the news but like not as much probably as most people just because you know sometimes it can just get me down a lot. Yeah, I, I, I'm a news junkie and no shade on folks who do not, you know, consume it as voraciously as I do. It, I understand it gets very depressing. <laughs> so yeah, protect your, yeah. your mental health from the news. Yeah, like the Facebook app, it has this like news section now. And so sometimes I switch over there just to see like, oh, local news, I should probably know what's happening where I'm living right now. That might be good for me to know. And I like scroll through it a little bit, but then I'm like, yeah, Portland still has a lot of problems. That's sad. But yeah, yeah. Now that after a while, I have to kind of come out of that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but good for you. For, I mean, one of the things better than me uh, about watching the local stuff because I tend to get sucked into you know, national and world. And it's stuff that I have no power over, right? I mean, at least in national, I can write my congressman. Like world news, you know, here's a horror that's going on and I have no, you know, and so mental health wise, yeah. paying attention to your own local yeah. area, that's oh, important. Gosh. Yeah, yeah, I know. So what has been getting your attention oh. about uh, about what's gonna be happening in Portland soon? Um. Well, <laughs> I saw that, apparently this coming week it's going to be very warm <laughs> and uh that's you know whenever the weather gets like above 65 it makes right. the news here so <laughs> uh, yeah that's definitely something I'm looking forward to because I do like being outside I like walking around I like if you ask anyone who knows me I like taking like walks that are like one to three hours long um so I just like being outside and that definitely is something that's gotten me really excited so I saw some headline and it was like Portland to reach 80 degrees on Wednesday or something really crazy like that so I'm yeah. looking forward to that I think might be kind of weird but yeah yeah exactly. we're not used to it but it'll be wonderful uh yeah mm -hmm. that will be a nice change well and uh you know I, I, yeah. I I'm very cognizant i've been looking forward to plums for months your book and i have a plum tree in my backyard and this warm weather my plum tree is blossomed like gangbusters and uh so That's i am uh, i'm i'm enjoying the the warmth and what the warmth promises in terms of gardening as well so what else have you been uh seen any good shows lately yeah um in terms of shows, uh, 
<laughs> I was thinking concert. of TV shows, but then my brain to concert yeah, yeah, yeah. shows. Yeah, I actually went to, yeah, I actually went to two concerts recently um, within the past like week. Like they were two days separated from each other. Wow. Uh, the first show I went to was uh, Muse and they were absolutely incredible. I My high school self was very excited because I used to listen to like, them and tool and the misfits and like you know another select group of artists on my ipod in high school like all the time just like on repeat oh, yeah. um so yeah yeah muse was yeah. a very large part of my uh teenhood and it was great to see them live well and i i love muse too and i but i've only heard them i've never seen them live and i imagine mm -hmm. they've got a they've got a kind of a pink floyd vibe and i i've always yes. imagined that their show live is really theatrical like you know mm -hmm. is is you know i mean they sound like arena rock you know with the yes. giant sets and what did they have that kind yeah. of stuff going on yeah they definitely did they had humongous like stage setups like there was a large like demon looking thing like that they set up um between like two of their songs i don't know how they did it so quickly but like the stage went like dark for like i don't know a couple minutes and then when like the lights went on again there was this huge like devilish looking head like in the background and then it had like these hands coming out of the sides of the stage so it was really big yeah. and there were like these flames that would come up during certain parts of the songs and like it was really cool and yeah, there was that. Then there was another like installation that they had um, for another several of their songs. And it was like this giant metallic head looking thing that like moved back and forth with like this giant hand. And it was like a whole thing. So I, I don't know. It was wild. And yeah, it was awesome. I have so much cool. respect for the folks who create those. One, one of my uh, uh, college roommates is a Tony award-winning set designer, you know, he mm. does, and, and, uh, and has also worked, you know, for these events and that kind of thing. And the, the brilliance that goes in the artistry that goes into yeah. creating these things and not just the artistry, the engineering, like how do yeah. you make giant hands that are moving on a stage that then can be moved around the country? It's amazing. I, I don't know. It's just, yeah. I like, how do you, build those also like between songs right how do you do that <laughs> how yeah. i just want to like turn on the lights and like i don't know look around the stage and just like see the process of how they do all of that because that's oh, absolutely yeah. amazing well and you know there's some <laughs> bean counter who's saying you know we could just cut that out and make a little bit more money and these are artists oh. saying no it is worth it for us to mm -hmm. actually have this full theatrical experience for our viewers you know who are then gonna mm -hmm. tell their friends no you wouldn't believe what i saw at the muse show or you know or mastodon yeah. or what i mean that's so cool yeah awesome it's absolutely amazing yeah and then i saw mastodon and gojira two days after that oh my god they were great too yeah they had amazing both shows had amazing like light shows too at the same time um so you had that like while well, they were just being amazing on stage they all sounded really good um yeah no weird like oh man he sounded off tonight I hope he's not sick like you know we go to a show like sometimes and the vocalist sounds a little bit off yeah. there wasn't anything like that and for the Mastodon and Gojira show that I hadn't realized um until recently that that was the first 
show of their tour that they were doing. Oh, really? So it was like the first night. Yeah, yeah. They started in Portland, apparently. So I was able to kind of see the first night. <laughs> yeah, that's but, really cool. Because yeah, they yeah. often, do, I mean, we're often, you know, near the end. They, you know, somebody goes on a national mm-hmm. tour and then goes, and Portland and Seattle, and now we're done. You yeah. know, they've done the yeah. circuit you know, or exactly. they start off in LA and then we're, you know, the, the third night or whatever after yeah. they've done the Bay Area. So yeah, getting to see yeah. them start, that's pretty cool. I know. And they sounded amazing. <laughs> it was so cool. Yeah. That is so very many, cool. So many f- like stage features and flames happening. A lot of flames. Yes, a lot of flames, more flames. Uh, yes. That is, yeah, that is cool. very cool. Um, so yeah. when you're, besides going to amazing concerts that I am jealous of, <laughs> what else have you been doing when you're not writing in terms of uh, hobbies? In terms of hobbies? Um, well, I mean, I do like to be very active. I like to work out whenever I can um, and whenever I feel okay to work out. Like some days I'm just more tired than others, but um, yeah, especially once the weather gets a lot nicer, I like to ride my bike. Um, so hopefully this week will be a good week to do that. Um, especially if the weather is going to get warmer, <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, I'll definitely want to do more of that. And, um, yeah, one of my things that I really like to do is ride my bike near this, um, wildlife refuge that's near my parents' house. My bike is at my parents' house. And so I just will take a day and I'll go down there and get my bike and go ride it near the, um, it's called the Smith and Bybee Lakes Wildlife Refuge. And <laughs> it's near a sewage treatment plant. Well, you have to ride past the sewage treatment plant to get there. So it's not like right next to it, but <laughs> the bike path kind of goes around the treatment plant. So yeah, it doesn't always smell bad when you ride over there. Just, you know, <laughs> it's, it's not a bad experience, but <laughs> Yeah, but once you get to the wildlife area, um, it's amazing because you can see so many different creatures there. I've seen like herons and like blue herons and like turtles and deer and like snakes and lizards and eagles and hawks. Yeah, I've seen a lot of things there and it's a really incredible place to ride your bike on a Saturday or a Sunday. So yeah. It's well, awesome. We are the wildlife here in Oregon. We are so lucky. I, I, mm-hmm. I, I've traveled to every state in the union and I chose to live here for a reason. Like this is a, yeah. such a beautiful place. And I live in the Willamette Valley, uh, South of you. And you mm-hmm. know, I've gone rafting, riding up the, the Willamette and it is amazing. The, the amount of eagles, falcons, uh, you know, I mean, the, the, the herons, uh, you know, that you see on out on the Willamette, it's we, we are very spoiled. And that's why, yeah. you know, we, we endure all this raininess so that there is mm-hmm. all that green. Like it is it's yeah. an incredibly beautiful place to get to be. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I do love even though this it can be very Portlandy <laughs> sometimes, like with the rain and the con constant drizzle in the background of everything you ever do here but it is still really nice in its own way yeah so yeah I like it (laughs) yeah so uh we've got to go to our ad break but when we come back I'm going to ask about what you've been daydreaming about Alexandra has never been so far from home or so deep in danger 
Pick up a copy of New Horizons, the first book in the Europa Trilogy by Michelle C. Lee, wherever you purchase ebooks or paperbacks. Or visit michellecleegh.com, Lee spelled L-E-I-G-H, for short stories and more information about New Horizons. A judge of the 10th Annual Writer's Digest Published Ebook Award calls New Horizons exemplary in its voice and writing style. Join the adventure today. Available May 2nd from Karen Eisenbray, author of the Daughter of Magic trilogy and the Saint Rage duology, a new science fiction novel, Ego and Endurance. In this space exploration adventure modeled on Ernest Shackleton's disastrous Antarctic expedition, Ruby Ladd is commanding the first crewed mission to the asteroid belt, ready to redeem herself after a tragedy on Mars five years earlier. She never asked for a nosy filmmaker whose search for a story will only reopen old wounds. A trip to the asteroid belt is just what Heartgunner needs for his next thrilling documentary. He suspects the heart of his story lies in the commander's past, but she's not talking. When disaster strikes, Ladd and Gunner must work together for the crew to survive. Johanna Hoyt, author of Believing is Seeing, says, A funny, tender, and eye-opening science fiction adventure, love story, workplace drama with vivid descriptions of the wonders, perils, and incongruities of outer space, as well as the spaces inside us. You can pre-order your copy now. Also available starting April 18th, Nancy Ballard's Tricky Ground, book three of the Under Caraco's Moon series. Lee Von Corey and Seth Riley discovered a community of non-human castaways whose existence threatens the future of the human settlement on the frontier planet Caraco. The leader of the hidden enclave frees Seth and Lee to go back to the human settlement with one task, deliver a message of peace to Caraco's leaders. Lee and Seth have miles of wilderness to cross on horseback, pursued by a contingent from the enclave, and among their fellow humans, they don't know who to trust and who has their own plans for the planet. The future of Carico is on the line. Miko Azul, author of the Demons of Moralia series, says, Navigating human and interspecies culture, politics, love, betrayal, and surviving the bleak landscape of Carico complicate Lee and Seth's nearly insurmountable task of saving their world from outsiders. And Karen Eisenbray, author of Ego and Endurance, says, a satisfying conclusion, full of thrills, twists, and lovably stubborn characters overcoming obstacles. Order your copy now. Welcome back. I'm here with Zaji Cox. What have you been daydreaming about lately? So one thing that I just generally daydream about a lot is um, future projects that I would like to do a lot more of. <laughs> um, and... And I probably, I'm sure I touched on this before, but um, I tend to have a lot of ideas that I tend to like let pile up in the back of my mind. And I've been trying to get better about like maintaining lists and like putting them in order of what I'd like to work on like the most. Um, like I'm trying to use, a, what's the the app called? Evernote, I think. Oh yeah, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. I'm glad someone else knows about it. Cause I've mentioned it to like some other people who I feel like would probably know what it is. And they've been like, Oh, seems no, like I, yeah, I had ever known for a while. I, I, then I took to, um, I would, and I get an idea and I'd email myself and that mm. way it was, you know, searchable in my email because ah, I found if I put it in like my calendar, I'm going to do this thing. Then I would look at that yeah. calendar note, you know, two weeks later and go, what was that even about? You know, cause our ideas, <laughs> yep. especially for, you know, a poem or whatever, they don't, they don't necessarily 
yeah, if, if you're not in that moment, you forget mm-hmm. what was the poem I was going to write. So I, you know, yeah. taken to writing really hasty little emails that I then send to yep. myself. Yeah. Yeah. Email can be really good for a lot of things like that. I yeah. think. But Evernote so, is cool. Yeah. It's a good yeah. program. And it's nice because mm-hmm. it does do a good job of holding onto those lists and multiple lists. And yeah. Know, yeah. You, I do you like you separate it them out into here's poetry stuff that I want to do. Here's, you know, writing projects, here's yeah. dance, or do you mm-hmm. just, you know, have one list together? I would say, I think I have, at least right now, I have just one list. Um, and there are a couple of like longer kind of book length fiction projects that I'm working on. And those are their own kind of like yeah. outline types of documents there. Um, so I do have those separate, but then in terms of like, you know, for other just idea collection documents, those are just like all together in the same list. Just Cause I, sometimes I'm just like walking and I'm like, ah, that random, like, sparrow landing on the ground near that you know patch of moss it looks like a character for this story I could write and then I just like type it into the app really quickly I think it's good for you I mean because you're a multiple uh, multiple disciplinary artist to maybe have those together so that you can Mm -hmm. think about how those could be connected you know I've got an idea for a dance I'd like to do an idea for a poem and could those Mm -hmm. be connected have you you know tell everybody about some of your your work in connecting your art in the past yeah yeah I've um at least in the past like couple of years I've been trying to do more um like with the combination of dance and writing. Um, So I do have my YouTube page, Zaji the Artist. Um, It doesn't have like a ton of content on there quite yet. I'm trying to make more and like upload more that I have already made. But um, there is a video on there that is a video of me dancing. um, And it's put together with audio of me reading a poem of mine. And... I would like to do more projects that are like that. <laughs> that sounds really, really cool. And the fact that it yeah. wouldn't be, there wouldn't be music. It's just the voice it actually exactly. sounds powerful. Like this is just yeah. dance and voice. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, I, I, I will absolutely check that out. And for folks who are interested, mm-hmm. we'll link to that in the show page too. So you can check out that mixture of work. But I think that sounds amazing. Um Thanks. So you have a very specific event coming up that we want to make sure to tell everybody about. Let them know what is your big event. Yes, thank you. Oh my gosh. So May 15th at 7 p.m. at the downtown Burnside Powell's Books location, um, my book launch will be happening. And I'll be in conversation with Lydia Yuknovich, who is great. And That's, I love her and she's awesome. <laughs> she's amazing. So, yeah, that is so yeah. cool. I was, uh, my my uh, fiance is an even bigger fan than I am. I think I've only read like half of her books. Uh, and my fiance <laughs> grabs everyone and for her most recent bought two copies. And so it became a running <laughs> gag in our, you know, Whoops. totally by accident. She bought it and then went, oh, Lydia Yukovic, I love her stuff. I need to buy that one. Yeah, you already bought it. So she, uh, that's been a running gag. How many copies of, of Rust is she going to purchase? Uh, but uh, yeah, that's, uh, that, 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 you know, this is, I mean, if you're starting up, Powell's is like, for folks who are not in the Portland area, Powell's is one of the most amazing bookstores in the entire world. It is an incredible store. And for writers, it's it's like you've arrived. And then to be being interviewed by Lydia Yukovich, who's amazing herself, <laughs> at Powell's, like, this is... 
it's just one of those things where I don't know if I'll be able to believe that it's happening until it actually is in the process of happening right right in that moment or, <laughs> or afterwards it might wild. be five minutes later you go that really right place yeah yeah it's like oh there's there's photo evidence yes. there's video evidence people are here talking about it I guess it actually happened oh yeah <laughs> like, that's and that yeah. was put together by Laura Stanfield from Forest Avenue right yeah she like She's been doing really awesome stuff. <laughs> She's, She's amazing. Yeah. Forest yeah. Avenue Press is one of Not a Pipe Publishing's, you know, I, I have such deep admiration for the work that they do and they find amazing talent too. So that's, it is, it's, yeah, yeah you, you got picked up by somebody who knows, knows quality. So uh, that's, that's, a, that's a good sign. Yeah. They're great. I, I love everything that Forest Avenue has put out like I haven't read every single thing but like they they all look really great and I've definitely you know taken a look at whenever I'm in pals I'm like oh where's the next Forest Avenue book that I can find here <laughs> and like you know they're they're just great I love small presses too well, and so it's funny because most people don't pay any attention to who published a book like I have to remind right. myself of that as right. a publisher like nobody yeah. you know most people do not care. Nobody's going, what's the next Not a Pipe publishing book? I, that's why I'm going to read it, you know? Right. So the fact that you yeah. actually pay attention to Forest Avenue and their, <laughs> their lineup is a means they're doing something right. <laughs> like, yes. That's very cool. Yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> yeah. So totally different note. We do a, a weekly poll on the show where we toss up a poll on, on Twitter. I believe Twitter still has polls. Twitter is a total dumpster fire right now. So we'll see. <laughs> but uh, um, what should be, a, if if we can do a poll, what should be our poll for this next week? I know we've been talking a lot about weather related things. So my idea was, uh, would you prefer sunny and warm weather or cold, drizzly, rainy weather. Yes, which I think that's a great idea. That'll be good because so many of the folks who follow Not a Pie Publishing are writers, book lovers. Uh, you know, I will be interested to hear where yeah. you know writers and book lovers fall on the question of warm and sunny or uh, drizzly and chilly. Uh, yeah. That that uh, that that might be an interesting breakdown there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I hear. I definitely hear people on like different ends of that spectrum like I feel like a lot of people who live here or were at least born and raised in the Pacific Northwest are definitely like they feel very strongly about oh yes definitely all the time rainy drizzly cold wet gray weather I have to live in this or I won't be happy like that sort of thing I'm like that's cool I don't think I could do it for that long <laughs> but then I'm kind of on the other side where I like I would like the sun a bit more frequently yeah. than the rain, please. Yeah. I, I like so, the sun as yeah. a reprieve from the rain. I like mm -hmm. the warm, sunny days yes. when I'm like, oh, today is exceptionally beautiful. Okay, now back mm -hmm. to being drizzly all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the Oregon yes. is a good mix of those. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I have lived in places, I grew up in San Diego for years where it is, oh, you know, nice. almost never rainy. And it was like, yeah. can, can we get a little rain, please? <laughs> can we get a weather report yeah. that's different from yesterday? Because it's uh, the same every day. Um, but uh, yeah. yeah, that's, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be interested to hear where people fall on that one. So yeah. while you are trapped inside on rainy days, what is a book on your to read pile that has been calling your name lately? Well, uh, <laughs> 
Goodreads tells me that I have several hundred books on my to-read list. Um, (laughs) But um, one book that I've been wanting to read for a while, uh, it's an older book. um, And it's actually, I almost just said it's based on a movie. No, a movie that I've loved since I was a kid is based on it. It's I, Robot. I've been wanting to read it for a long time. Classic, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, read I that book read that. before you were born. Uh, that's a. Uh, sure. It makes me feel. <laughs> don't don't worry. That book is much older than I am. So uh, yeah, it, <laughs> yeah. But it's yeah, it's a good one. That's uh, Asimov is one of the most prolific authors in American history. I think he has two hundred and five yeah. books in the in the Library of Congress, which is bonkers to me uh but uh yeah. and some of them feel like they were hastily written but by and large they're they're <laughs> he's very good and uh i robot's nice because it's one that stands alone so you, you will enjoy that one that's a that's a, you know you yeah. don't have to read the entire series it it, yeah. it coheres and it works it's a really right. good book um i'm gonna yeah. cheat for this one yeah. i normally to it. have a book that is uh you know something that's on my goodreads pile which is like yours you know it's it's this enormous list and I allowed something to jump ahead. Yeah. I was interviewing uh, Jesse Kwok and she said, oh, you've got to check out Fonda Lee's uh, Jade City, which is the first book in the Green Bone Saga. And I have a lot of respect for Jesse. If she says it's good, I've got to check it out. And she told me what it was about. And I'm now just finishing up the uh, the Jade City, the first book. And I my next book on my list is absolutely Jade War, the second book in the Green Bone Saga, because... <laughs> It is so good. So if folks are, it's 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 wild because it's set in this world that is, I, I imagine it like 19, maybe 70s or 80s Taiwan. And yet the people have, anybody who carries jade, it confers magical power. And they are able to do these amazing, you know, like run through walls and stuff like that. So it's kind of the godfather meets star wars meets a kung fu movie like it's you know it's 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 how is this and it is really fun so and and also (laughs) heart-wrenching these characters are wonderfully drawn and incredibly realistic and so you know when awful things happen to them because it's a mafia movie and they don't all make it you're just (laughs) (laughs) no this person can't die oh man Uh, yeah it's Uh. it's it's really really good so yeah, everybody oh, check out Fonda Lee's uh, Green Bone Saga. Well worth your time. Nice. Sounds awesome. <laughs> so where can folks find you online? So I usually like to um, just suggest my website, zajivaartist.com. Um, that's where I've trying to, been trying to collect all of my things, like my published stuff and my like links to my book and where to order it and everything. Um I also link to my Instagram on there, which is just Zaji the Artist. Um, and then there's my YouTube, which is Zaji the Artist. <laughs> I like to try to keep it memorable in a certain way. <laughs> Mark, good um, brand. And I'm also on, exactly, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm also on Patreon, patreon.com slash Zaji the Artist. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, that's where I like post, you know, other quick little like short fiction stories or like um, short poetry pieces. And I like to try to combine them with visual elements too, like little GIF images of me dancing or cool edited photos or like drawings, um, you know, paintings, things like that. Um, And uh, yeah, so that's my Patreon page too. 
That is cool. Well, yes, and it is important, folks. Support your, you know, your favorite artists. Uh, Patreon is a great mechanism for that. So check out Zaji's webpage, which will get you to, or just you know, Zaji the artist at <laughs> Patreon. But it's backwards, right? It's Patreon.com/slash/Zaji the artist. So yeah. Uh, yeah, go there and and get yourself signed up and and get exclusive stuff, uh, but also uh, support her work. So uh, before we get to our send off, I've got to thank a whole bunch of folks. Uh, thanks to the artist Max Oakland, who reached out and provided one of his songs for our intro song, I Prefer the Dusk. Let Max know you like it by uh, following him on Twitter at Max Oakland uh, with three Ds. Uh, thanks to Halisna CCO for their song Kids for the ad break. If you're in a band and would like your song used on the show, I'd love to highlight a listener's work like Max's song. So email that to me. Thanks to Doug, the producer, for making this show sound good and taking the blame when it doesn't. And I cannot forget to mention Writers Not Writing is a production of Not A Pipe Publishing. So please go to notapipepublishing.com and check out the amazing books written by writers who didn't procrastinate too much. Uh, if you <laughs> like this show, rate and review it wherever you found it. Please check out Zaji's book, Plums for Months, which drops, what's the date again for the release? Uh, May 9th. May 9th. So... Put it in your calendar, May 9th, Plums for Months, Zaji's book. And then May 15th is the big shindig, right? So be Yay. sure to uh, check that out and get your copy. And then once you do, rate it and review it. It makes a big difference. Yay. So be sure to rate and review and rate and review this show. And in both cases, tell a friend. Uh, that, that is very helpful. Uh, okay, so Zaji, how shall we... What should be our, our, you know, there are three things we want our, our audience to remember for the week. What's one thing you'd like everybody to remember? Uh, my thing would be to remember to celebrate your small victories. So important in this industry where it can often feel like we do this work alone, right? But celebrate those small <laughs> victories. Absolutely. Uh, also, in life, as in writing, it's the spaces between the words that make it all meaningful, so don't ignore the spaces. And third, no matter how much you procrastinate, we're still proud of you. Yes. <laughs>